What's up, nerds? It's Rick Swift of the Film Grouch Show, and I'm going to talk to you about what I thought about Captain Marvel, starring Brie Larson, directed by Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleck, written by Anna Bowden, Ryan Fleck, Geneva robertson Dwaret. Uh, the cast, again, is Brie Larson, Jude Law, Ben Mendelsohn, and Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, talking about the cast a little bit here, um, the cast is played... Uh, you, you have Samuel L. Jackson playing Nick Fury, but uh, it's almost really voiceover work because a much younger person is a, is a stand-in for the CGI effect of uh, having a young Nick Fury. But anyway, um, my, my swift shot, I'll read the swift shot, and then I'll give you my overall take of the film. So I look forward to watching the real Captain Marvel next month, you know, Shazam. I wasn't thrilled with the third-wave feminism being shoved down my throat by a character with the personality of a space slug. Uh, what was more infuriating is the fact that she was played by an Academy Award-winning phenomenon such as Brie Larson. Now, I didn't see Room, uh, but Madison reviewed that one, and that was when she first heard about Brie Larson, and obviously she won the Academy Award for that. So I know she's a fantastic actress. Uh, I really liked her in Kong Skull Island. Um, I liked her in Free Fire, which almost nobody talks about. Um, but she was really good in that. But this movie just didn't really challenge her, and she just kind of was there, just kind of like, here I am, I'm Captain Marvel, okay, I'm Veers, or I'm Carol Danvers, or whatever. So anyway, <clears throat> they took a really cool character, and they made her really lame for me. So the movie was like really good in some spots, but just terrible, just almost unwatchable in some other spots, and I just wanted a lot more from... A Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. And to give you an idea, one of my friends, uh, my other critic friends, he's a giant fan of the DC Universe, and I'm a giant fan of the Marvel Universe, and he said he really liked this one. And he did not like Wonder Woman, and I really liked Wonder Woman, and I didn't care for this one so much. I, I did give it a rank of doable. Um, you know, it was really between meh and doable, which is, would really, really like a two and a half stars. I kind of feel like this this film was shoehorned into the fabric of like a lot better films. Like you have some really great films in the MCU. Uh, you know, you have the the major Avengers. You have Captain America, Thor. You have um, even Hulk and um, you know uh, Iron Man. Obviously, Iron Man the first one. Um, but I just felt like Carol Danvers was really void of any personality. If they're going for some kind of big transformation. From Veers to Carol Danvers, I didn't notice it. And I read in the production notes that Brie Larson said that she felt like she was playing two characters. I did not get that at all. And I challenge anybody to show me that she really uh, challenged herself and played more than one character in this film. Because I didn't see it at all. I mean, she has a, 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 you know, a realization, a revelation moment where she's like, Oh, being something that she's been told is not what she thinks she knows and then it kind of shifts her motivation but it doesn't really shift who she is so here's a quick disclaimer i only know about captain marvel from playing marvel rpg and from playing ultimate alliance 2 on xbox um with marvel rpg she was this black chick who looked a lot like jackie brown and she was like straight out of the 70s with this crazy hair and like you know she wore like a white and a black outfit um and then in ultimate alliance 2 she was a white chick who pretty much looks like she looks in the movie now. So I guess that's Carol Danvers. And she's really powerful. So once you unlock that character, you're going to win the game. So anyway, Veers, as we first know uh, uh, that her name is, uh, she's an elite Kree Star Force warrior. And she's kind of 
unable to escape her past, but she's kind of uh, like always in an amnesiatic state, um, like 51st dates. Not quite that extreme, obviously. But she keeps having nightmares of something that happened to her that kind of developed who she is. And she's dealing with this and it causes her rage or something and she can never control herself. And she's got this uh, mentor, her Creed mentor, uh, Jan Rog, who's played by Jude Law. Interestingly enough, I found out that Jude Law's dad is a huge fan of Captain Marvel going back to when it was a dude. And he's always liked the character, so he was really thrilled that you know Jude Law got to be in this movie and everything and, and of course Jude Law was thrilled to be in this movie but um he's trying to work with her to hone her instinct and c control her powers so that she can learn to fight with her fists and not with her you know her photon blast or whatever they are again because Veers' past it, it kind of plagues her constantly she doesn't really know what's going on so she reaches out to this thing called the supreme intelligence which is like an AI thing um in the Kree universe and it's like all the known knowledge that has been gathered by the Kree and put into this avatar called the Supreme Intelligence. And it, sh it shows up as um, it shows itself as different things to different people. So she sees uh, I put in my review, she sees Annette Benning. Well, she sees a woman who looks like Annette Benning. She doesn't even know who she is. She's just like, I don't know who you are. Uh, you're part of my past. And that would be really cool if I knew who you were, because it's like a big moment in the Kree world that you you know you see the avatar and you're not even supposed to tell anybody who you see in the avatar because it's like super secret or something because it's too personal um so they go on a, a, a mission uh the kree star force they go on this mission to retrieve a spy who has infiltrated um the scrolls which is pretty tricky to do because the scrolls are shapeshifters if you're not familiar with the scroll uh we've been waiting for years for the scrolls to be introduced into the mcu and they finally are. And I gotta admit, the, the special effects for the scrolls, transformation, everything like that was handled really well by LM, uh, Industrial Light and Magic Force. Once she's on this mission with the rest of her Star Force people, by the way, there's some really cool um, characters in that. They had almost more personality than she had in, in some ways. You got more of a sense of who they were, um, which they didn't have a lot to work with. Um, but they are on the mission and they're supposed to be getting the spy. And then there's a double cross and a, and a trick and, you know, eventually the, everything goes to hell and Veers, again, Veers is what they call her, Veers gets uh, taken prisoner by the squirrels. And it's uh, this guy Talos who is played wonderfully by Ben Mendelsohn. I mean, I would not expect anything else from Ben Mendelsohn because he's master thespian. Um, but he plays uh, Talos and they kind of dig around in... Um, Veers' head and they're they're seeing her past which is interesting because she doesn't even really know her past or she does and that's where I get really confused in this movie does she know that she's a freaking human or not because if she knows that she's a human then all of her origin would make a little bit more sense to me that she knows who she is but they make this big point of proving that she doesn't know who she is and that she doesn't know that she's human so is she human after all I mean I don't know so if you go with the assumption that she's human and she knows that she's human and she knows about her past, then all of her actions in the movie make sense. If you go under the assumption that she has no clue about her human past, then how she navigates around Earth makes absolutely no sense. Her character is just kind of so matter-of-fact about navigating Earth in the 90s that it becomes beyond parody. It's, it, it doesn't make any sense to me.
Like she knows how to use Alta Vista. She knows how to go to the internet cafe and stuff like that. I mean, granted, she's highly skilled and intelligent and trained and all that stuff. So she would probably be able to figure that out. But we don't kind of get that sense. We just kind of see her walking around like she just owns the fucking place. I, I you know, I, I said that her character was emotionally dyslexic. It was like she was so locked on to being human at times that she might as well have been a skull, a squirrel infiltrator. But then there were also times where we we're supposed to see her as this fish out of water who's like an alien on an alien planet. And it was just really not handled well, if you ask me. And I guess you are asking me because you're listening to this shit. And the whole movie was like that. I was trying to gauge her personality. I mean, at one point, I thought she might be a lesbian, which I was like, oh, this is getting interesting. She's going to be a lesbian. She's in love with her wing woman, wing person, whatever, Maria, who's played by Lashana Lynch. And it turns out they were just really great friends. Oh, you're my great friend, and I haven't seen you in forever, and blah, blah, blah. And I get it. I have friends that I'd be really upset if I didn't see them. But, I mean, this was, like, kind of borderline to me. I, I, I'm calling this a cis-mance instead of a bromance. Uh, there was definitely some sexual tension there. Anyway, so she meets young Nick Fury, again, played by, kind of played by Samuel Jackson. And they form a kind of a reluctant partnership to get to the bottom of the squirrel plans on, on the Earth and see what the hell's going on with that. And Nick Fury rolls with the punches pretty pretty uh, easily. He's just kind of like, matter of fact, okay, I'll be your friend. Okay, we'll do this. Okay, aliens exist. Okay, okay. Uh, granted, he has a little bit more depth to that, what's going on there, but his outward persona is that he's very accommodating to her. And, of course, they had to put in uh, young Coulson, Clark Gregg, uh, as the rookie, you know, because they have to tie everything back into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and if you've watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know about the Kree and what they represent in that show. So the film moves along, and we're supposed to see that everything is this hilarious banter between Nick Fury and Carol Danvers, and you just... It's so forced. It's so lame. I swear to God, it's like DC writers got involved. Um, seriously. Oh, and there was also some... I don't know. Maybe I'm reading into it, but I felt like there was some Palestinian propaganda in there and some anti-wall bullshit, too, uh, where they kind of are terrorist sympathizers, in a way. When everything plays out in the film, you'll see what I'm talking about. And remember, I did say that some of these parts, some of the parts of the movie I really, really did like. Um, I really liked Goose the Cat, because everybody loves Goose the Cat, right? He's a cat, and he's named Goose for some reason, even though it's an Air Force movie. Which, oh, by the way, this is pretty much like the Top Gun for the Air Force. They don't really have one. They, you know, they don't have a an Air Force movie that I can think of that's going to put butts in seats in, uh, in recruiters' offices. But this might for the Air Force. So, yeah, Goose. Goose is uh, is ours, guys. Goose is Top Gun. So, yeah, try, try whatever. I did like Goose, though, obviously. Um, I did hear that it was originally supposed to be Chewy, but they didn't want to confuse people or whatever into the Star Wars world. I don't know. I mean, Disney owns Star Wars. Who cares? Why didn't they just make it Chewy? Chewy actually would have been a lot funnier, I think. So I love the action and the special effects because obviously, again, this is Disney and ILM working together and you expect nothing but just spectacular state-of-the-art graphics and effects and action and just everything is exactly as you would expect it. But again, a great movie needs a great story and i do think that they they i do think they actually had a great story 
But I really think that, I hate to say this, but I really think that Brie Larson dropped the ball or the directors. I don't know. Somebody dropped the ball and the way that Danvers behaved in the scenes. I just felt like she was way too confident and cocky where I felt she needed to kind of earn that more. By the end of the movie, she definitely earns it. But there was no arc. She's just kind of there. And she doesn't really change. She learns some stuff, but she doesn't really change. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Um, some of the things I also really liked was uh, the girl who played Maria's daughter, Monica, Akira Akbar. She did a really good job. And if you know about that character, you know why they had to get somebody that really knew what they were doing there. And again, I do think that Ben Mendelsohn stole every scene because he's Ben Mendelsohn and he's a great actor. And I think that he actually got the tone of what they wanted to do in the movie. And they they didn't get that with, to me, Brie Larson didn't convey that. If you watched uh, Thor, um, I think it was Thor Dark World, the one where Natalie Portman is kind of like, no, I'm not going to help you. No, I'm not going to help you. And then, okay, I'll help you. Like There was no transformation. There was no real grounded change for that character. And again, for her to say that she felt like she played two characters, no freaking way she played one flat character so after all this hype and all this build-up and all this stuff about how this is the first female-led franchise for the mcu and all this anti-man crap that you hear in the press and all the speculation what you get in the end is it's a good film but it is definitely not a great film and i and i know it's an origin story so i'm really hopeful that the next captain marvels come out and they just blow me away with what they can do and again if you watch the movie you know that certain aspects of her character do change by the end of the movie and she becomes she does transform in the end in a way but that's based on her powers that's not based on who she is you know just being able to fly when you couldn't fly before that isn't a transformation of who you are that's a transformation of what you can do and so she definitely transforms in that way she becomes like a supernova compared to you know a firefly in the beginning of the movie and then she becomes that invincible character now it gets interesting because how is marvel going to make that work because when you have an invincible character it can get very boring you have to have something interesting about your character so I, I picked on her a little bit in my review. You know, I, I picked on the fact of, about her butt and everything like that. And I, I mean, I do interject comedy into my reviews sometimes, people. I have to write these things, and I want them to be humorous to me as well. But I will say that Scarlett Johansson knows how to fill out some pants. And Brie Larson, she could probably fill out some pants, but I think the costumers did her a huge disservice in the, uh, in the rear, if you know what I mean. So anyway, I hope... Uh, you liked my little uh, synopsis here i'm doing a little bit different stuff i'm not just going to read my review like i've been doing in the past because people said they hate that so i'm not going to do that i'm going to be uh just doing this i'll be doing a little bit of a, a synopsis for you make sure you go ahead and subscribe to our podcast the film grouch show uh usually you hear my wife and i and we talk about movies whatever movie you want to talk about we have the he pick he picks she picks and right now we are on a he pick and next podcast we're gonna have a sheet pick from my wife and we just talk about movies that we love and different pop culture things and you know how it all ties in together with uh, what's going on in the world and all that good stuff so 
Hopefully you will like my review. You will comment on my review, even if you don't like it. I don't care. As long as you comment and you stay on topic, I don't care what you say. I'll let it through. You can call me the biggest shitbag in the world. I don't care. As long as it's on topic. Say something about the review, why I'm a shitbag. I don't care. All right. Uh, thank you very much. This has been Rick Swift.